Welcome everyone back to the Anti-Bully Club podcast. My man Darcy, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Been doing real good lately. Awesome you, to hear. Dude, honestly, uh, nothing can be better on my end. It's been a busy Christmas, New Year, and then even getting through January, man. But look, I've wanted to get you a part of this podcast for a while. You've been collaborating not just with Wilder House, but also with the Anti-Bully Club for some time. And man, it's absolute pleasure to get you on the show. No, it's good to be on here finally. We have been meaning to get it done for a while, but we're finally here. We're finally here. So, Darcy, give us a quick rundown. How old are you, mate? Uh, I'm 20, almost 21 in April. Um, not too far away. And, yes. <laughs> Man, you are just a young kid. I mean, I'm... And I shouldn't say just a young kid, but like you're just a young one. And it's awesome getting someone like yourself on the show because a lot of our guests have been, you know, a little bit older they've gone through a bit of stuff in their adulthood not just their childhood so getting someone that's man you're not just into your sport you're into extreme sport you love your bikes uh you're a hard worker you're passionate uh one thing that you know i've really connected to you with is is your positivity and the way that you you get around people which is something that you want to see more of you get around other brands it's not just obviously wild house that you've been a part of there's a few other brands that you've gotten around before which is how i noticed you and man, you're a whiz on the bike. What got you into on your bikes to begin with? And what's your favourite motorsport uh, that you're doing these days? Um, yeah, what got me started was um, my mum actually worked for a earth moving company, and they were um, taking some dirt out to a bloke named Dave Churches. He they were taking it out there, and I got word that he was building up a uh, freestyle motocross course so I um, sent him a message on Facebook and honestly he's one of the most genuine dudes I've ever met like he had no reason to let me come out and start riding with him but I sent him a message and he was like yeah man come out and that was uh, when I was 18 so about two years ago um, I started riding and yeah, I just rode every weekend with him since, and it's been a blast. Oh, dude, it's been and a real time out there. <laughs> you're obviously an adventure seeker, and it all started, I suppose, with the BMX as a kid, which led led on the track of the dirt bike and the motocross. Yeah, I think that's what happens with most people. To be honest, like a lot of people just start out on the BMX, and then they're like, realize how much more fun a motorbike is. <laughs> Just because it goes quicker and yeah, you got to be a bit more in control, don't yeah. It's a bit more fun, a bit more speed, a bit more air time. It's good. Now, we're going to start with some some pretty silly questions. Just a quick five fun one before we get into it. Because I know we've got a bit of a story here and you've you've had some pretty genuine stacks along the way and you've, you've had to get yourself back up to, to do what you do. What's your favourite colour? Red. Red. My colour's red. What was the first... Um, uh, one yeah. red motorbike. <laughs> you ride a red bike. Nice, man. And what was the first street that you lived in as a kid that you can remember? Uh, I'm not actually sure of the name. Actually, it might be... Nah, it was somewhere in Omeo, which is like hours away from my house now. Yeah. But 
Justice Parade and Hayfield as the youngest one I can think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. What was your first pet as a kid? Hmm. I'd probably say a dog, but the only thing we've stuck with is a snake. A snake? Oh, and how old's your snake now? Uh, he would be, oh, he'd be like 12 now. All right, Maybe a bit. Yeah. He's getting on a little bit. I don't know how long a snake actually lasts, but I would say the truth. I'm pretty sure uh, dogs are cats. I think it's about 15 years, these ones. Like four years of Stimson's python. All right, there you go. That's a fun fact I didn't know before. What was your favorite yeah. cartoon as a kid growing up? What's that, sorry? Your favorite cartoon as a kid growing up? Uh, Simpsons, definitely. Yeah, man, I'm totally with you. And yes. were, you, were you one of those kids? And man, you might have grown up in a totally different era. I'm going to be 34 soon. But when you got up and the weekend TV, did you go straight to Rage or Video Hits? Um, probably, man, I don't even know. I, we never really watched TV as kids. We travelled Australia for like four years. And that's uh, where... And that's more on where I'm getting to, man. It doesn't matter about that about that question. Yeah. You, yeah. kid, it sounds like you've lived a bit of a different life to most Aussie kids. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you lived, your relationship with your parents, and your travels as a young one. Yeah, right. Um, well, well, I was born in Sale, Victoria, and uh, we left to travel Australia when I was... I'm guessing I would have been about six, maybe. And we travelled for a bit. And then <clears throat> we lived in... So we, like, didn't travel for four years straight. We'd, like... Um, we like, travel... For, it'd probably be a year at a time. And then we'd work. We worked on a station at Drysdale River, which is in Western Australia, I'm pretty sure. Oh, all right. It's not Drysdale, Victoria, but, yeah, Western Australia, Drysdale. Yeah, yeah. And then... We lived in Darwin, and then for I'm not sure how long we lived there for, but um, and then we lived in a town called Karatha, which is in WA as well. Karatha's beautiful. Yeah, it's so nice there. I'd nearly I'd love to move back there to be honest. Yeah, if I wasn't on the Sunshine Coast, it's one of the places I would live as well, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm about ready to move again. I'd love to either go there or to the Gold Coast. It's Unreal. The weather down in Victoria is terrible. That's the only reason I hate it. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm originally from Geelong, mate. I'm a Geelong fella. And yeah, I, so Detlin, the co-host, who, who unfortunately is not a part of the show today, he's from Melbourne. And look, I love I love Victoria. The weather was a big factor to the reason I moved to the sunny coast, which is not far from the Goldie Man. We're about two and a half hour drive up the Bruce. Um, yeah. And I moved here for the weather and the beaches and the lifestyle. It, it is a nice lifestyle, I've got to admit. Yeah, that's I want to move as soon as possible, but gotta save up a bit of money and then buy a house or something. Yeah, look, and a house isn't essential; it isn't everything. You just gotta make sure you're sturdy and you're happy with your life where you're at. Uh, and if you can get a job that you can stay grounded with, and and you you know you're, you're around good people, I man, a house is gonna come your way uh, eventually. It's 
I think I bought my first house when I was 24. So you got a few years to go before you really need to start yeah. thinking about it. But um, the thing I love about you, mate, is is, is your charisma. Um, you got a great personality. For someone that moved around a lot as a kid, one thing I want to dive into was how did you go? I mean, you first started when you were six, and, and I know sail quite well. That's um, near Fulham and out the Gippsland Way area of Victoria. It, it is beautiful yeah. and well. Uh, not a lot to do as a kid, but how did you find schooling and getting along with kids at such a young age? Um, honestly, I hated it. School was not my thing. I used to just care way too much about what people thought and it honestly was just the worst time of my life. And But now that I'm older and I realise how stupid I was, like to think that I wish I could go back and do it again because... If you just don't care, then you just wait. Like I've said in TikToks that I've made, like how much happier you are if you just don't care about what people think or what they say about you. And do you think that really started when you were when you were six, or was it as you got a bit older, you can you sort of see yourself looking up, upon those days? Like what what age do you think it took you to get that reflection and and sort of you know change that mindset? Um. It was, I'd say the worst time was probably through high school, like later primary school and then through high school. And then once I left, and then actually it was probably like, yeah, when I started riding, I was just like, and I started making a name for, for myself. I was like, I honestly wish I was just doing this when I was younger. I wish I started riding when I was younger, but you can't go back. So you got to put in the work now and, Try and get stuff done. And help others along the way. That's the biggest thing and the, and the whole reason we started this this podcast was uh, to help parents, you know, to see the signs of, of their kids that potentially could be going through some hard times, whether it's bullying, self-confidence, uh, you know, caring too much of what, what people think about what they're doing. And, and even for kids, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of kids now that um, have jumped on the Instagram and sent us a few questions and uh, they, want, they wanted younger people to jump on the show. That's why I was pretty excited about getting yourself on here. Uh, I bet it's a bit nerve-wracking. Is this the first podcast that you've done? Yeah, it is. But and you, I'm and not, you're, yeah, keep going, mate. Sorry. I'm normally pretty chill. Like, obviously, I haven't done it before. A bit nervous, but... You know, just go with the flow. I've talked to heaps of people before, so it's just like another phone call. Oh, and dude, we get along heaps over Instagram and, you know, I've seen your TikToks and the whole reason I approached you to do a collab was because of what I saw on Instagram and, and just the excitement machine that you are. So uh, getting on this show, man, I've got to admit, I was a bit nervous because I, I, haven't, I haven't got anyone, you know, in their teenage, even early 20s on the show. And, you know, a lot of the stuff is for, from experience that you were like any people that have, have gone through some some pretty terrible things. But it's cool getting a different perspective and especially there's there's a lot of kids out there that, are in those later teenage years that want to hear someone and, and, and obviously their story and, and the cool version of, of you is that you travel. You're obviously a kid that went around, took a lot of pride in, in the person that you were and obviously reputation. But did you find you had to keep that reputation every time you went to a different school, every time you went to another suburb or state? Like how was it, you know, maintaining, you know, that pretty cool reputation sort of thing? Um, yeah, see, I'd never really thought of it like that when I was traveling like I was just felt like I was going to a new place and um yeah I didn't really have much of a name for myself as a like younger kid I just grew that 
over the last couple of years and yeah I've only become noticeable through my writing but yeah that's about that and was there a certain point at school that you saw witnessed or were a part of bullying in any sort of form whether you were the bully or you had been bullied or, or a good friend of yours like what sort of stage oh, did yeah. you recognise that behaviour that oh, it goes on like you can't there's nothing you can really do to stop bullying the only thing you can do is change your own mindset about it like I was bullied through as I said like when it got rough through school was like uh, late primary school all through high school it's um, yeah it's not really something you can avoid you just gotta I mean outside of school you can you just find who your real friends are and hang out with them um but yeah you can't really avoid it you just gotta move on i guess like school's not forever but um you sure can change it when you leave like i only have a handful of friends now because i just yeah just like sticking to myself and i know who my real friends are and, and men, obviously, real friends is a, is a big term. You know, I, I keep my circle quite small. I've got a great social group, but my, my real friends that I'm connected with is quite a small group. What are the attributes, obviously, as someone that's looking to have a true friend? It, it, do you find loyalty, honesty, someone that's there by your side when you need them, or someone that you can hang out for a good time? What, what do you consider a true OG? Yeah, pretty much all of that. All of that put into one, like, someone that actually takes the time of day to talk to you and you don't feel like you're trying to make conversation with them every day they actually want you to come and do stuff with them and um don't just leave you like if you got plans for a weekend they don't just leave you at home by yourself they actually tell you to come do stuff and someone that's actually looking out for you and wants you to do better with yourself in life and someone you can grow with as well, hey. But one of the biggest things for me, especially I suppose a little bit later on throughout high school and the early journey of working, uh, it's someone that could drive me. I had plenty of mates that were, you know, taking cities, wagon school. I mean, I was a part of that circle as well, don't get me wrong. But um, yeah. the mates that were really grinding through and showing me, nah, man, like life's not easy, but I'm willing to tough it out. And these are the reasons why. And then, you know, later on in life, I sort of gravitated to them and you, and you learn different skill sets from those people. The people that are driven, want to do better. They've got goals, they've got ambitions and then they associate themselves with those circles as well. And I suppose, you know, that's what I kind of wanted to be a part of sort of growing up as well. And man, I wouldn't be here today. And, and I'm not lying if it wasn't for people like yourself, you know, taking a leap of faith on the brand and, and even myself and the vision that I have. And, uh, and, and, and simultaneously, it goes with, with other people as well you got to connect with the right people and if you don't build that rapport there yeah. and then in the end that friendship then where are you going to go like are you just going to associate with those people that have got zero goals zero ambitions um you know and, and it's also led me on to as i said the anti-bully club which i'm quite passionate about uh my stepson you know was 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 bullied uh throughout his first year of high school uh you know i can talk about it a bit more freely now compared to last year it was a lot to do with his height, uh, a lot to do with, you know, kids getting puberty before himself and 
man, uh, do you remember what it was like when you first hit puberty? Like, where were you in Australia? And, and tell us the circumstances. And I know this is a bit of a touchy subject, but give us the most open answer you can give us. Yeah, man, um, that was basically the exact same deal with me. I was never <clears throat> a big kid or a popular kid when I was growing up. Um, a lot of bullying came from like my size as well. And I had a real high-pitched voice going through school as well, which didn't help. And that was like, yeah, the main thing that I got that they picked on. But um, you can't really like one of the, the events, like people change. I'm friends with now with one of the people that used to do it as well. But you can't really... Um, yeah, I don't know, I'm just a forgiving person and there's some things that I don't, like, that I hold a grudge against, but other than that, life's too short to be mad at everyone that's around you. It is, man. That's, you... that's a great mindset. You've got to forgive people, don't you? Yeah, like, you, there's forgive people to an extent, but, like, as you said before, with trying to grow yourself, you can't be hanging out with people that all they want to do is go drink and party every weekend. Whereas, like, for me, it was really hard to... Oh, it's probably like this for everyone, but for me, it's, like, um, hard around here because literally everyone, all my mates want to do on the weekend is go to a party, go drink, or go to a bar somewhere, and it's like, darn, you're sick of this already. Like, you've been doing it for... Oh, it's probably only a couple of years because we're so young, but I'm over it. Man, I, I can relate. I can relate. I, I did get into the party scene probably, look, I'm not going to say younger than everyone else because everyone, you know, dabbles in it, I suppose, when you hit 14, 15, a bit harder when you're 16 because it becomes more accessible. Uh, a lot of kids get fake IDs. I know I got a fake ID when I was younger um, in Victoria. I think now they clip. They might clip driver's license or something with with a certain, I don't know, a certain clip. But uh, a mate of mine who was four years older than me, uh, he went to my my high school, believe it or not, and uh, I was able to get away with his learner's permit, which showed that I was 18, where I was legitimately 14 and, you know... It was quite a gold ticket for me to, for a lot of adventures and uh, I wouldn't say I hit the nightclub scene as much. I wasn't really, I don't know, I wasn't really into the nightclub scene as such, but I love going to parties. I love being able to go show this driver's license or learner's license to be able to get myself alcohol. And I suppose it gave me this confidence, this, this, this fake confidence that I was a part of some circle that I was never a part of because I, I had that freedom or I thought I had that freedom. And yeah, it, it was this false sense of hope. I was, I was hanging out with a lot of the wrong people, unmotivated people. It's all they wanted to do was was that drink scene, the pub scene, the club scene. Uh, it, it did take me you know, quite some time to align myself with, with, with the right people and, you know, the great thing about yourself is you're 20, you already reflect on it, you know that you got your own goals. It sounds like you're, in, you're motivated to move out of Victoria and, and get to you know somewhere that you respect and somewhere you know that you're going to have a bit more fun, the weather's good and, and hopefully forge a bit of career as well. Uh, obviously, it's going to involve motocross. How do you go with all the tracks around Australia? Have you got a few favourites that you wouldn't mind naming? Um, Favourite tracks? Um. There's some really good ones up in Melbourne. There's 
I actually have only rode one in Melbourne, which is Ride Park, <clears throat> which is one of my favourites. Um, but I have to shout out the local, which is Cruzix Ride Park, which is like uh, probably 20 minutes, half an hour from my house. And um, the owners of it are amazing. Uh, Jono, he helped, he was helping me with Arena Cross. I was going to race that, but um, I need a bit more practice before the season came around. And when you say you got a bit more practice, is that because of your own self-reflection or you, you just know that you're not quite there yet? Like, give us your mindset when it comes to, you know, you saying that you need some more practice. Um, yeah, probably my own mindset, which I don't really care about now, but because I'd built a name for myself, um through motocross I didn't want to rock up to the track having no clue what I'm doing because I've never raced in my life before and yeah it's just my own mindset but I also oh a lot of motocrossers that are listening they will understand um what arm pump is I get really bad arm pump which is I'm not sure if you know what it is or not no explain it to us bro it's just like it's when you're forearms fill up with muscles so tight that yeah, it just locks your hands out and like it can become really painful and I struggle with it really bad <clears throat> which it all comes down to holding onto the bars too tight which you shouldn't be doing um, which I've worked around that but I still sometimes get it which sucks because I'm fit enough for racing but yeah my arms just lock up really bad and we talk about, so I, I know what arm lock is. It's how I, I, I see it. When it comes to that and obviously racing, is that over a certain distance? Like say you've been doing it for an hour or two, your arm starts to really lock up, like lock jaw in, on your mouth if you talk too much. But is it over a certain time or do you get instantly like after 10 minutes? Yeah, I'd say it'd be gone. it depends. Like when I ride my two-stroke, I get it really bad on that because – yeah, I don't know why. And then I got on my mate's 454 stroke, which out at Cruzix, and I could spin laps and laps and laps, and I was completely fine. It's just what, for me, it's just what you're riding, how you're riding it, and if you feel comfortable on it or not. Because I feel if I felt way more comfortable on my friend's bike, and then yeah, I could just keep going and going. But normally it's after like, yeah, 10 minutes. Man, so within 10 minutes, you can already feel it getting real tight. And and the way it affects you, I suppose, do, do you slow down or do you need to stop? Does it get to the point where it's like, all right, I'm going to crash if I keep going? Like, How bad does it get? Yeah, see, if I'm out on the track, I think this is half my problem with arm pump as well. If I'm out on the track, I just try and go as fast as I can for as long as I can. But then, yeah, it'll get to a stage where... I'll just keep pushing myself and then if I know if my arms lock up while I'm doing a jump or going into a corner, I'm just going to crash so I have to stop. Oh, so it gets to the point where, yeah, it's not the decision you make. It's just, yeah, um, yeah. that decision for you, you know, it gets a bit dangerous. Yeah, because if you're riding around with locked arms and you lock your throttle on, it's not going to be too good. <laughs> I could imagine, man. It could be quite deadly. Um, what yeah. Are you- what are the exercises or what are you taking 
in place to try and get around that? Is there any measurements that you're doing? Like you're doing breath work, are you doing something to, you know, change the way that your grip is? Like explain us a little bit of like the training that goes into your mind. Cause I presume it's more of a mind game than a fitness game. Yeah, it definitely is. It's just, um, you should not be like holding on to, uh, it's hard to explain, but you should like not be gripping with your hands. You should be holding with your knees onto like your seat and using your knees to not move around and just keeping your body weight in front of the power, which means just like leaning over the front of the bike heaps. But yeah, I've, I haven't raced that much. I've got a mate who does it um, kind of professionally. Um, who I go to all the tracks with and make and stuff with. He's he's become he's gotten really good. He's just started riding again after having a few years off, and then yeah, he's come back and we've travelled to Bacchus Marsh, um, Swan Hill. We did a few. He was who I was supposed to go and race with when I was up there. That's Callum Orchard. A few people would probably know him from my videos. Shout yeah. out to Callum. I have seen him on your videos. Yeah, yeah. No, he's killing it at the moment. He really is. It's good to see. Good to see him back on the bike. Uh, awesome, man. It's always nice to give a shout-out when someone's doing good well, man. So yeah, I, I, do, love, I do love a good shout-out. Yeah, I just love helping people. It's my favourite. Like, I have people message me all the time on Instagram and just asking stuff like, a bloke asking about like setups of FMX ramps and really I'm not the person to be asking because I've only been riding for like two years so but I always try and help as much as I can I learned everything basically Dave has taught me most stuff and I just pass it on to other people that know as want to know as well that it wanted trying to get into freestyle but it also is a really hard thing to get into because like other, if Dave wasn't around and didn't build his setup, there's no one around here that really has another compound to go ride. Yeah, and, and let's talk about that a little bit. Not not necessarily the riding, but more about the Instagram DMs because as a brand, I get a lot of people reach out to me um, and it's up to myself, obviously, to go through the DMs and, and dissect who I can see as someone I want to align the brand with. And even in my, in my newsfeed, how, how I came across your account is to reach out to people that I don't know to tell them about the brand if they haven't heard of us before, which I'm presuming you you more than likely hadn't heard of the brand before we spoke. Um, how do you go about you know your DMs? Does it, is it something where you get a little bit suspicious or you don't know if they're a fake account or you, you're willing to give your, you know, your time to just anyone? Yeah, yeah. Um... I'd say, well, I'd say I'm pretty switched on with knowing like if a message is worth replying to or if they're just a fake account or something. But I pretty much open every single one's messages unless it's just something like that's not even worth replying to. Like not a question. If anyone asks me a question about writing or how I've gotten to where I am now or anything like that, I'll, I'll reply to it anyone that messages but yeah sometimes you do get the occasional fake account trying to click it get you to click some link or something like that which yeah. ends up being clickbait is a real thing I, I get a lot of uh, e-commerce I don't know sales people that reckon they can drive revenue I get other brands wanting to collaborate that 
aren't brands. They're like a spokesperson of a brand, but have no followers. Yeah, uh, I get a few strangers that um, you know their their photos don't reflect the profile photo, and they're a different person within a week, and then another person within another week. And I don't know, man. Like Instagram and and social media, when used in the right ways, can be such a powerful tool. I mean, it, it's how you and I obviously connected. Yeah. Uh, how my co-host Dan and I connected and I've built some really strong relationships through social media but it's also made me well aware for my kids you know a father of three how dangerous it can be and how many fake accounts are actually out there and there's yeah. one thing that I'm really looking forward to I, mean, I know Instagram does the blue tick um they don't always verify every account that probably deserves to be verified but um yeah you're at some sort of celebrity or someone that's been on a like a reality tv show they're pretty inclined to give you that blue tick which shows you're authentic for brands like myself that uh i suppose is still a a pretty up-and-coming brand and we've only been around for just over three years um getting that blue tick is, is is quite hard and showing people that we're authentic is quite hard but other people that, that come into our corner or, or try and associate with us, they can just be anyone. It, it really, it's not, uh, I don't know, it's, it's not really, I don't think Instagram do a great job when it comes to that that kind of aspect. And I'm really looking forward to like an Elon Musk that's taken over Twitter to take over Instagram where they will be able to verify accounts a lot better and, and wipe out the fake accounts a lot quicker than what they do. I, I'll give you an example why I say this as well. There's, a, there's such thing as called botting a brand or botting someone to get them shadow banned. So as a brand that's got a, a few followers now, every once in a while I'll get botted, which is legitimately someone spams my account and sends me like 100 followers. I don't, I don't know. Like all of a sudden I see all these um, follows come through on my account and it, it's legitimately like fake accounts. None of them are real accounts. And no one, I don't think there's anyone, maybe there are, but... I don't have the time to go through every single account and make them unfollow me, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And yeah. it causes a shadow ban. Um, for someone like yourself that's, you know, starting to get into, I suppose, a bit of status and, and, and forge a bit of a name yourself for, for the motocross scene, do you get botted as well? I'm very curious to see how many people um, are facing botted. No idea how all that works. Even the verification thing that you're talking about, I have no idea how that all works or what it takes to get the blue tick on you. Um, but bots, there's mainly just the occasional. Um, uh, they randomly come up like the uh, models and stuff that come up that says they're trying to follow you, and they've only got like ten followers. It's like I get a few of them a week, but I don't know how that all works or if it actually stuffs with my profile or not but um if you get a few a week man it's honestly pretty sweet it's when you get like a hundred of them within like 10 minutes it's yeah it's a lot like what's going on and what it does to your instagram account is i don't know how it does but it like alerts instagram's algorithm that they actually shadow your account so every time you do a post it doesn't hit as many people that don't follow your account as what it should it's, it's quite frustrating because as a brand like i want to reach out to as many people as i can um and yeah look i just find it i find it fascinating because you know you're someone that's in the public eye now and as a brand i'm in the public eye as well but i don't have necessarily like a private or like a personal 
Instagram account. So one of the reasons I won't get verified is there's no one to verify the account for, for Instagram to say, oh, this is the owner and, and this is his account. So we verify his account. So oh, that's yeah. one of the reasons why I will probably not ever get the blue status. Um, other people might say you still can. Um, we have, but I haven't found a way to do it. I've only ever applied for the the know the verified account once it's probably worth me a shot doing again to see how it goes but yeah i'm very curious as to see like people that are in the public eye like how it all works for them as well and if they're going through the same sort of stuff i go through as a brand yeah no i've never had the 100 bots come in at once i know tiktok um even like the posting algorithms on tiktok because that's how i pretty much started that's how i um got into making videos and stuff but yeah it's so hard to figure out like when to post what to post like sometimes you'll get like hundreds of thousands of views and other times i'll just get my views from followers which is like two thousand or something which to me at this uh like where i am now is not the best views ever but it's still good and yeah it just sometimes real frustrating the post on there and I started doing YouTube as well but um, when you film for YouTube they're all landscape videos and then Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever they're all portrait. Yeah and it's a different landscape isn't it? It kind of sucks um, because YouTube is like where people get their name out there it's really hard to get start but once you get there it's all right. But yeah, TikTok's just so easy and fun to post on. So that's what I started on. And then all my good videos, I just put into little edits on my Instagram page and share them around. But yeah, TikTok's where it's at at the moment. So Darcy, give us a download. How do people find you on TikTok, Instagram and YouTube? Uh, Pretty much if you just type up Dusty Films with a Z on the end of films, that should come up with it. It's, yeah, it should be the same on all three. Yeah, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Hey. I do need a YouTube grind though, because I haven't done any for a while. But that's just because I was on the Instagram and TikTok grind. And then, yeah, as I said, the videos just don't work out when you, you take, take YouTube videos. Dude, honestly, it's hard to run all social media platforms. Uh, one thing that we're doing for the Anti-Bully Club is a YouTube channel very shortly, and uh, I would love to do an in-person interview with you down the track. Um, as I said, man, you're the youngest person we've got on the show so far, apart from my son, who jumps on and joins me when it comes to interviewing different people that come on. But you give a different perspective and I love your mindset. Uh, you know, I know I was in a lot of party mode when I was in my younger years. So it's awesome to hear a 20 year old with yeah, a man. better mindset than what I do. Tell us a little bit, what does the future hold for yourself? Like where do you see yourself in the next three, even five years? Um, honestly, California. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, All right. Yeah. Get into it. I'm listening. I had plans to go there this year, but with some uh, living arrangements I ended up having to cancel that and just work on uh, doing my own stuff down here for a bit and then once I save up a bit I'll be able to fly over to California I've got some mates with one of the sickest 
compounds that I can go ride with them over there, which, again, social media hooked me up with them. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully go over there and I would love to go on. I don't know if you've heard of, you've probably seen him on my story a million times, Colby Raha. I have, man, yeah. Yeah, he is like my biggest idol ever and um, he's got a, oh, he actually posted that he's got a ride school over at his um, compound that he's got over there, which he's just made. It's called Raville. Um, uh, Rahaville, yeah, sorry. And yeah, he's got a ride school out there. And if I had the money, I would have just quit my job and gone straight over there just to go ride with him and learn from him. And yeah, he's such a sick dude. Most motorbike riders will know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you obviously sound passionate about it. Have you guys made a connection or you just willing to sacrifice a hell of a lot to make that connection? Um, yeah, not, we haven't really had full on conversations, but he ended up following me back on Instagram, which was like the best day of my life. I was so happy, even though that doesn't make sense because just a follow, but like when it's from your idol, that it means a lot. Dude, uh, honestly, I'm not here to promote and tell people that you need your idol to follow you back on social media to feel good. Yeah. It is a big achievement. Yeah. Uh, shows that you're in the you're in the right place. It shows that you. It gives you that more drive. It gives you that more um, grit to just get done what you want to get done. So I totally understand where you're coming from. And for a lot of the kids that are listening, and, and even the parents, um, you know, gratitude for yourself is a big thing. And I want people to be proud of their own gratitude. And an achievement like that, it, it, you know, that's a little celebration. It's not, yeah. you know, obviously something that's going to. It's that's not a never be anyone's goal to get someone to follow on but if it happens then be happy for yourself like yeah. I never get my goal to tag him in all my videos just so he could follow me back it was just something that happened through one of my friends that um send him motorbike parts they have their own um I'm not sure if you know what a 110 is it's just the size motorbike um but yeah they stock 110 motorbike parts and they send him stuff and I actually got Raha's brand put on my bike and stuff and that got shared around and I'm pretty sure that's when he started following me from it. Um, Nice. Yeah. And that's an insight for people listening out there. Don't ever give up on your dreams. Don't ever give up on something that you're doing. You just never know where it's going to lead to. Yeah. I never thought I'd be where I am today. Like, by all means, I'm not the best rider out there. But, I have so much fun. Like it is, I wouldn't be rather be doing anything else. Oh, dude! And I love, I love your energy. That's one of the things that I, I gravitated to. Now, I'm going to get into something that is probably a parent's worst nightmare. But tell us about the worst accident that you had, whether it's BMX, motocross, or another sport, and how did you overcome it with the recovery? Um, my worst injury. Um, worst nightmare I'm telling you now like my worst injury for me would be when all my friends know about this and my mum she was on the phone to me and stuff Um, was at a mountain bike park I've never been to a mountain bike park in my life and I thought I'd go there and I told me mates to take me down the track with the 
biggest jumps there. So we went down it and I think this was our second trail for the day. Like we drove over an hour to get there. It's at Horned Hills Mountain Bike Park. A few people know where it is. Um, yeah, we went there and went down second ride of the day. And I don't remember anything from the day at all, but I'm fairly sure before one of the jumps, my chain had slipped off, which had thrown me over the bars on the face of one of the jumps. So I went through the air, over jumped the jump and landed straight on my face. And a lot of the followers were probably seeing all my photos and videos of when my face was all scuffed up in my neck and I was knocked out and um, ended up getting sent to hospital and staying there overnight. And mum would call me like every 10 minutes or something and I'd just repeat every single conversation and mum was getting real worried that I'd have like, not brain damage, but something like that. And she was pretty worried about it. But yeah, I'd say I'd be worried too, but I have no idea what was going on. I don't remember anything, but I didn't break any bones or nothing. It was just knocked out and yeah, real bad concussion as well. Oh, but I, how was the on- of the concussion like do you remember the vertigo or do you remember spewing like tell us a little bit about you like um yeah right i don't remember anything like my mates took videos of me getting wheeled around in a wheelchair me pissing in a cup when i had to lay on my back because i thought i'd broken my neck and i don't remember any of it the only the, it was is my most painful injury too. Like the healing process at the time, it didn't hurt, but healing because it's on my jaw and my neck. Every time I moved, it would crack all open again, and it was just like having. It was just like getting a fresh cut over and over and over again. It was. Man, honestly, how did you go getting back on the bike? Like, did you have anxiety towards it? Was there resentment? Or because you can't remember a lot of it, you just didn't know any better? Yeah, didn't really know any better. I did not get, I didn't ride my mountain bike again for ages. And then one of my mates was racing up at Tathra, which is in New South Wales. I was around Tathra and we, I, we took our mountain bikes up there. And it was my first ride back from my crash, which was ages after it. And uh, we're going down this section and I jumped between two rocks and my pedal hit one of the rocks and sent me straight over the bars, straight onto my neck again. Uh, I haven't rode my mountain bike since. Yeah, and you still haven't ridden it since? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not that I'm scared to do it. It's that I just don't really enjoy it that much to go out and do it again your answer was great i love that yeah yeah oh man well man it's awesome to see what you're doing honestly it's been a pleasure having you on the show what's the biggest a bit of advice that you can give to any young person you know whether it's a boy or a girl or someone that's going through school that's going through some hard times uh, with a bit of reflection, man, like what's the best advice that you can give? Um, from my personal experience, just find people that are like you and hang out with them and then you eventually just brush off everything, all the hate that people are giving you and 
surround yourself with good people even after school if you're hanging out with drop kicks you're going to become a drop kick but if you're hanging out with people that have a narrow mindset and want to get stuff done then you're going to get stuff done too that's awesome advice man wow i didn't i was not expecting that from you in one bit so <laughs> I mean, that's no disrespect yeah. to you man but that was that's powerful for anyone that's listening yeah. that's great advice like i tell everyone that like if you're going to be hanging around with people that are doing the same stuff you're going to get dragged into it new too i know all too well like like even when i started riding and people wanted me to come out and drink with them again i want to go out because that's all what my friends are doing and i didn't want to go ride by myself but i'm over it man you just got to go out and if you're having fun riding then just stick to it or whatever you're doing like just live your life you're not gonna live your life by drinking every weekend yeah it's not gonna go anywhere but surround yourself with good people and you'll notice a lot of change in your life whereas if you're hanging out with the same people it's you're not gonna get anything done in life man that's true words and, and embrace the opportunities as well guys honestly darcy it's been an absolute pleasure uh, uh thank you man no it's me on my end it's been a pleasure is there anyone that you want to thank on your end before we finish the show up um yeah honestly Dave Kirchers he's done so much for me but, yeah he's the reason for doing what I'm doing and where I am where I am we haven't done much riding lately but um Victorian weather kind of stuffs us up but he's the man that let me get shit done Awesome, man. I, I do, as I said before, I love a good shout out. So that's massive. Yeah. Hey, nah, he's one yeah, man that. Yeah, keep going, bro. Sorry, I did interrupt you then. No, that's right. I just said he's the one man I got to thank. He's, yeah, done everything for me. I would not be doing what I am now if he didn't let me come ride with. And if you're ever on the Sunshine Coast, mate, hit me up or in the Goldie if you move there. We'll catch up for a beer. And, you know, our collaboration together has only just getting started. I'm really looking forward to the opportunities they're going to present themselves down the track and just see the person that you become, the man that you become. So, mate, on my end, it's been a pleasure and I'll touch base with you soon. No, awesome. Thanks heaps, mate. Talk soon, buddy. Bye. Bye. Thank you.